Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Hey, this morning, uh, I'm going to be doing some scripture readings from uh, the Gospel of John, Matthew chapter 28, uh, 2 Corinthians. I'll be there uh, in a few moments. I'm starting a, a new series this morning. I have a resource at guest services that I want you uh, to know. It's free of charge. It's called uh, Turning Everyday Conversations into Gospel Conversations. I'll talk about some of this over the coming weeks, but they're free. They're out at uh, guest services. Grab one if you will read it. If you will read it, grab one. They're, uh, they're free. Uh, you hear a lot of uh, talk today about rights. Uh, rights are principles of freedom and entitlement that are moral in nature, but can also be protected by laws. We, we hear that human rights. We hear, you know, issues of social justice and, you know, these things are, are good. My rights, we hear that mentioned, you know, we hear that mentioned a lot. Rights of clean water and adequate food, decent housing, quality education, no discrimination based on race, fair judicial treatment. All of those are very important. Even in our own country, we have a a document that is important to us called the Bill of Rights that, and I won't go over the whole thing, but it's the, you know, the, the rights of free speech and free press and freedom of religion and freedom to assemble. But out of all of the rights that are debated and you know, talked about and, and enforced and used throughout our world, there's, what, what's the ultimate right? What's the ultimate? What supersedes all other rights? And I call it the ultimate human right. What is the ultimate human right? And that would be to know Jesus and make him known. What's the ultimate human right? What supersedes all other rights. That would be for every man, every woman, regardless of where they live, to know Jesus and make him known. The Gospel of John phrases it this way, John 1.12. It says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right, the entitlement, the opportunity for freedom. He gave the right to become children of God. So so this series over the next few weeks is about sharing your faith, telling others about the story of Jesus. Now I get it, I feel it. Some are going, oh no, an evangelism series. Can't you go back? What was that one you did about naked and sex and marriage? Can we go back to, you know, can we go back to that? You know, when you hear like series on personal evangelism, it's kind of like, you know, going to the dentist, you know, you don't really want to, but you need, you know, you need to. So I hope, I hope that you don't view this topic this way, that 
that we see when it comes to sharing our faith, it's done out of burden and duty and obligation. Because when, when your motivating factor is burden, duty, and obligation, you probably never really do a good job at it, right? So like your kids, when you tell them, go clean your room, and they do it out of burden, duty, and obligation. We know the quality of about what's, what's about to be, you know, what's about to happen, but I don't want you to see it that way because we have the message of good news, This is good news. We're telling people about hope. We're telling people about good news. We're telling people who live in darkness about light. So instead of burden and duty and obligation, man, there's a sense of joy that can be attached with this. So in this series, and we're going to take some time over the next few weeks to to focus on each one of these, we want to remind you of your call as believers to tell others about Jesus, to equip you with practical tools to make you more confident in sharing your faith. Rely on the Holy Spirit for boldness, wisdom, and empower you to live a biblically consistent life. Inspire you, hopefully, with creative ideas for acts of kindness and servanthood. Prepare you to be a witness in your workplace or your neighborhood. Provide outreach opportunities opportunities for you to be more involved in in your community. So this is just a reminder to everyone of our role and our part as individuals in the Great Commission. Now, you know, some would go, man, shouldn't we just leave that to the professionals? Like, I am a, I am an amateur here. Shouldn't that be the pros? Shouldn't that be Billy Graham and George Beverly Shea? It sh- they're dead. What are we going to do? All right? But let me just say this to you. You know, for you, that you know, I'm, a, I'm an amateur. I'm not good. But listen, who better to tell the story than the one that it occurred to firsthand anyway? Who's, who's more qualified to tell the story than the one that experienced it? So, yeah, there's a role for the church and other things, but there is also a role and a call that each individual has in the Great Commission. So, so a, a lot of these passages you will know. Therefore, go into all the world and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded. Jesus said, you, me, we're the light of the world. He said, do you light a candle in your house and put a bowl over it? No, you put it on a candle stand so that it can light the whole house. He said, you know, let, let every man see your light and shine your light so that they can see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Do we need to sing this little light of mine this morning? Because we'll do it. Don't let Satan it out. All right? The Apostle Paul... The Apostle Paul said, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to the world. I'm not ashamed of it because it's the the gospel that brings salvation to everyone 
who believes. It was Jesus that said to Peter right after he was saved. He didn't get a chance to go through the, 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 the class, the discipleship class. They didn't give him three months to kind of figure things out with his faith. Immediately he said, I want you to be fishers of men. Very early in his faith experience, he reminded him about the importance of telling the story of Jesus. So what, why don't we share our faith? What are some reasons that we don't share our faith? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work through some of these over, you know, over the week. So what are some reasons? I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't know where to start. Where would I start? Okay. I don't know enough about the Bible. I don't know. What, what if they asked me a question and I didn't know, and I didn't know the answer. My life is not perfect. Who am I to tell someone about the Lord? Or I simply, for whatever reason, don't have a burden for it. Now, we're going to work through those kind of reasons as this series uh, progresses. But I just want to remind you, and you're going to hear this a lot, an imperfect witness is better than no witness at all. An imperfect witness is better than no witness at all, okay? It's better to try something and, and, and not be as successful as you like, you know, than, than do nothing at all. So I want to give you, and over, over the coming weeks, I'm going to give you a couple of components to be more effective and more confident, maybe give you some ideas in some certain areas. So, so today I want to focus on a couple of things today. Number one, be a friend. Be a friend. I'm not asking you to be a preacher. I just say, be a friend. Build relationships. That's where it starts. It's just, it's just with simple friendships. Sometimes when we talk about, you know, sharing your faith and, and evangelism and all that, sometimes, you know, they, uh, people ask the question, you know, well, how many people have you won to the Lord? What a terrible question, okay? What a terrible question because, you know, it's not up to me how or when people accept the Lord. I'm just supposed to shine my light and plant the seed. Well, the harvest is up to the Lord, you know, and, and somebody else. So when we're asked that question, we always feel like, I'm the worst Christian ever. I am a terrible Christian, okay? But that's really not, that's really not a fair question. So I want to just say, just be a friend first. It begins with relationship. You cannot influence those who you are not in relationship with. So be intentional about building relationships and maintaining relationships, the ones you have and maybe ones that come in your life later. I rarely can impact the stranger. Rarely can I impact the stranger. But I have greater and more numerous opportunities to impact those whom I am in relationship with. So let's look, let's look at the Bible, at Jesus' example when it came to just making friends. Look at this, Matthew 9. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. So Jesus He's having a meal, okay, and he hung out with those in this particular meal that were not very popular. They kind of had a 
reputation. The way they lived their life was a little bit different than the way that Jesus lived his particular life. People that weren't necessarily popular. Matthew, many tax collectors and sinners, okay, came and ate with him and his disciples. If you're a student and you go to high school, middle school, I want to tell you, you want to know you know, who you can make a friend with, who eats alone in the lunchroom. Who do people always kind of make fun of? Who doesn't really kind of have any kind of relationships? There you go. You've got an opportunity for some great new friends to make. So he's having dinner at Matthew's house. There are the other tax collectors, and it just says sinners. We don't even know what that is, but they're all over there having a barbecue, and Jesus is in the midst of it. Uh, Luke chapter 7, it says that Jesus had the name friend of sinners. Not a higher compliment that you can get than to be a friend of sinners. Luke 7, it said when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. He goes to the Pharisee's house and he gets comfortable. He gets in the main chair. He gets in the, and just lays back. He's not ill at ease. So, so we see a couple of things. Number one, Jesus liked to eat, okay? We got a lot in common with Jesus, okay? If you like to eat, there's great possibility for you in this area. So the first meal is with people that have all kinds of different lifestyles, okay? But he's there. He feels comfortable because he's building a friendship. The next one is different. People have different religious beliefs. These are the Pharisees. These are the ones that they weren't on the same page. But Jesus is there. He's there in the, in the midst of that. He's reclining. He's enjoying the evening, just not trying to endure the meal. But he's, he's, he's building relationships here. So, so after this, after this, all right, I gotta, after those two things, I got a couple of questions to ask you. When Jesus got through with these meals, where was the altar call and where are the converts? Zero. Zero. He wasn't there at that moment for that. He was there to make friends. He's just there to build relationships. So at the end of the meal, and I just want to take the pressure off of you, okay? So... At the end of your time together, you don't always have to put on just as thy am, you know, and, and, and give a little all. No, no. Because evangelism and sharing your story just starts with making friends. Just, just having a good time. So just, just want to remind you of that. And then I love, he sees Zacchaeus. I love this. Zacchaeus, I'm coming today to be a guest in your home. Isn't that great? If you're OCD about your house, you know, like visitors coming over, and then Jesus himself, why, why did he do that? Why did he do that? He's just trying to build relationships, just, just trying to make a friend. Do we need to sing that song? Because we can do that too. I don't remember all of that, but we, we, we got some of it. So. so we make this... Telling our story, sharing our faith, we make it way too hard and way too complicated. When you hear, you know, about 
telling your story and, and, and sharing with others. It doesn't need to make you sweat, you know, like, oh, my goodness gracious. You know, it doesn't need to make you uncomfortable because it's a joyful, it can be a joyful thing. So that's what he did. Look, look at 2 Corinthians 2.15. Look at this. For we are a fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. For we are a fragrance of Christ among those being saved and among those who are perishing. So he uses a term. When we get come to the Lord, he uses the term fragrance. So I want you to imagine like a cologne or a perfume, okay? He said, so when we come to the Lord, he's really talking about just the presence of God that's in our life, but he's given you kind of a mental understanding that what happens in your life is kind of like a fragrance. It's kind of like a cologne among those that are being saved and among those who are perishing. So here's the deal. When you come to the Lord, man, there's just something, there's just something about the believer. There's just something about the presence of God. You know, when you, when you come to the Lord, It is undefinable, but yet it is unmistakable. It is intangible, but yet it is ever-present. So you don't always have to say something because the presence of God is using you when God has saved you and redeemed you. He said it's like a fragrance of Christ, but in actuality, it's like the presence of God, that an aura that comes around you that just sometimes people can just sense there has been something unusual that has happened in your life. So here is the challenge to intentionally build and maintain friendships with people uh, who are not believers, okay? So we've got our people that, you know, that we're kind of around all the time. But maybe we're intentional about enlarging that circle a little bit. Maybe, and I hope this happens, there's going to be some new people that's going to pop up on the horizon, you know, and you're going to have an opportunity. You, you just think it's random, but it's going to be an opportunity for you to enlarge your friend circle because the first part of anything that God wants to do is just be a friend. Just, just be a friend. So we build and we maintain and we enlarge our circle with people who are not believers. But listen, sometimes we're so afraid about the lifestyle of other people, that we won't, we won't go out to eat with the sinners and the tax collectors, that we won't rub shoulders with the Pharisees, people that believe just a little bit different. If you remember a couple weeks ago, there was an ask it question about how far is too far. And I said, there are always gray areas, always dive into relationships, always, always dive into, to love. So sometimes, listen to me, we're so concerned, you know, about, about, you know, getting too close to those maybe with iniquity in their lives that we, we build this bunker over our life. We want to separate our sin, ourself from sin and iniquity that we build this bunker. And it's such a good bunker that the light of the gospel never gives, gets out. We separate ourselves from anyone because we want to protect ourselves and our family. But we never rub shoulders or build relationships with people that have different lifestyle or belief different. It might be superficial, 
but it's never really, you know, an open, an open friendship. Okay, so let's follow Jesus' example, okay? Let's have fun with people, okay? Have people in your home for a meal and coffee, maybe that you wouldn't normally have. Now listen, <clears throat> when Jesus was at dinner with other people, do you think it was just boring? You think he was boring? They're just sitting around quoting Leviticus? No. He's having fun with them. Invite, maybe invite people over that you wouldn't normally invite over for a meal. Have fun. Play some games. I wouldn't play Twister. That's a little personal, you know, but I mean, you get the point. All right? Have people in your home for a meal or coffee. And we're just looking, you know, just, just for a great night. Or go to their home for a meal or coffee. Or meet at a restaurant. It's okay. That's the example of Jesus. Just building relationships, not superficially, but man, we're, we're involved. We're getting close to people. Go to community activities and gatherings. Be part of clubs and communities and organizations that, that, that God can make a connection, you know, through you with just, you know, just being, you know, just being a friend. Just being a friend. We had, when I was in Kentucky, we had a, um, a family that invited us over for dinner. The wife went to church. But the husband, <clears throat> he didn't, and he was a soldier. He was a staff sergeant, okay? He cursed the whole night, okay? Like, you know how soldiers do? No offense to soldiers, okay? He, he wasn't mad cursing. It's just the way he talked. Son of a bing, son of a buck, everything had, had some kind of, you know, some kind of adjective, you know, with that. He would tell a story. He's dying laughing. He's got all kinds of unusual language. His wife is dying. Let me just say that. His wife is dying. His wife is dying. <clears throat> I just want to tell you, it's okay. It's okay. Because people that have different lifestyles, they have different lifestyles. Okay? And, I, and my faith is not going to wilt over some grilled chicken and a baked potato and a little cursing, okay? All right? Because God's called me for that moment. So if it gets a little awkward, that's okay. Now, I wouldn't go to a strip club. I wouldn't do that, you know? I'm going to use a little common sense here, okay? But I'm just saying those are things that Jesus did to make a friend. Now, so when do I have the talk? After the meal, you, you don't. You just go, hey, we had a really good time. It was, nice to, it was nice to meet you. Because I want to remind you that in the midst of you opening your life up and having a good time with people that lifestyle is a little different and their, you know, their, maybe their religious beliefs are a little different, <clears throat> the fragrance of Christ, the presence of God, is, is, is intangible, but it's ever-present. It's indefinable, but it's always there. And you just never know how in that moment that God is just using you maybe to plant a seed. That's all you do. So you don't get up from the restaurant. Would you bow your heads? Would somebody raise your hand up and down really quick? You know, no. It's just because we're just, we're just being a friend. Now, over this series, I'm going to talk about 
I'm going to talk about three kinds of conversations, okay? They are everyday conversations, they are God conversations, and they are gospel conversations, okay? But this is just everyday conversations. It's about life, work, sports, families, hobbies, you know. And so if you already do this, you're doing great. Let me just pat you on the back. That's, that's just part of it. It's everyday conversations. It's just being in their lives and, and their being in your lives. It's just everyday conversation, opening yourself up and being part, being part of that relationship. So to those of you that, that go, I don't know what to say. I don't know where to start. I don't know enough about the Bible. What if somebody asks me a question and I don't know the answer? You can be a friend, and you've started way, you know, be, being intentional, and you've started down the path of God using you in somebody else's life. Let me remind you, some people are never going to come to church, never. Easter, Christmas, giveaways, raffles, food trucks, the whole thing, they're never coming. They're never coming. So it's you and I. It's you and I that take the gospel to, to them, and it just starts, it just starts with, being, with being a friend, all right? The next part of this, the next part of this, so the first one is just being a friend. It's easy. It's easy. Most of you are already in that world, but you may want to expand just a little bit as well. The next part is to pray for families, friends, co-workers, or neighbors. So when you go, I don't know what to say, I, wouldn't know, I don't know a lot about the Bible, then the next part is going to be easy too because it's praying, praying for friends and family. We use the term intercessory prayer, okay? Intercessory prayer is praying for the salvation of an unbelieving family member or friend. It's when there's focused, you know, focused prayer for the for the, the sake of those who have drifted, they're not serving God, that's, that's intercessory prayer. And there's sometimes, you know, that you and I see a spiritual need in their lives, not in a judgment way, judgmental way, but we see a spiritual need in their life that they don't even see. They don't even acknowledge that there's any kind of spiritual issues, and that's why prayer is important. So when I read this passage out of 2 Corinthians, it makes me shake, okay? It just wakes me up. Look at this, look at this passage. If the gospel is hidden, it is hidden to those who are lost, whom the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. If the gospel's hidden, it's hidden to those that are lost. I'm, I'm good. I'm ready to meet my Savior, but there are many out there that aren't. If the gospel is hidden, if the gospel is silenced, if the gospel is only being revealed in the church world, if the gospel's hidden, who's the ultimate loser? It's those that don't know Jesus. If the gospel is hidden, it is hidden to those who are lost. Look at this. Whom the God of this age has blinded the minds 
of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. That's a passage, man. It just, it wakes me up every time that I read it. Sometimes we've, with maybe, let's just say family members that aren't serving the Lord, we've talked, we've shared, we've shouted. Anybody ever done any screaming evangelism before? How effective is that? So it's to the point Man, you just can't say anything else, but you can pray, all right? Or maybe you've got someone in your life and it's not just the right time, it's just not the right time, and, and prayer is an option for you. Prayer is, is maybe the only thing that you have right now, but it's such an important thing. I want to remind you of a few things. Prayer for the lost is powerful. Prayer for the lost is powerful. Listen to me. You can help in the decision that a friend or family, ma- family member makes for Christ. Now, ultimately, it's their decision. Ultimately, everybody's got to make their own decision, but you can help in that situation by praying for them. The intercessory prayer is, is powerful. And you, when you pray, you ask the Holy Spirit to begin or continue to work in the life of someone to lead them to Christ. So we are praying, man, that God will shake them. God will do whatever they, he has to do to kind of get their attention. And we're praying for them. And, and, and listen, when you pray, you don't have to nudge the Holy Spirit really hard to help you out. Because that's why he is here. That's why he is here. The primary reason that the Holy Spirit is here is to draw men and women to Christ. So you don't have to pray really hard, but I want to tell you, intercessory prayer is powerful. Now the decision ultimately is up to the individual, but sometimes you pray and the situation gets worse. That ever happened? You pray and you thought by the weekend they'd want to come to church and all of that, but, but man, the situation is worse, you know. But let me tell you, that doesn't mean that God is not at work. It probably means that God is at work. Do you ever pray anything like this? God, do what you have to do to get their attention to turn to Christ. Do you ever pray that prayer? You know, because sometimes it won't just be a little, a little, you know, a tap on the shoulder that turns somebody to Christ. Sometimes it's got to be a shaking event, okay? Sometimes when we pray that, and let me say, the Lord's doing everything out of love and caution and concern, but sometimes, man, there's some, some radical, you know, uh, uh, disruption to life sometimes that people need before they, before they turn to Christ. So I want to I say to you this morning, that intercessory prayer is powerful. It is a powerful way for someone uh, to come to Christ, The prayer for the lost is emotional. It's emotional. Can I remind you? Can I remind you? If people die without Christ, they die lost. Can I remind you of that today? They die rejecting the message, they they die lost. And it's also heartrending 
when you are watching someone that you care about walk away from God. It's heartrending. People that have known the gospel, people that have bowed their knee to Christ, or they're living a lifestyle, you know, that's, that's bringing bitter fruit back to their lives, or, and, and maybe, maybe you're involved with that some way. Listen, it's, it's emotional, it's heartrending when we see that. Sometimes we can't get them off their, our, our mind. We're, we, we can't sleep at night because we're concerned about them. The prayer for the lost, you know, is powerful. The prayer for the lost is emotional. It should be emotional if we're concerned about, about someone. The prayer for the lost is continual because we never stop. We never stop praying for the lost until that prayer is answered. Listen to me. We don't forget to pray. There's too much at stake for me to forget to pray. We don't lose our burden. We don't get discouraged and stop praying. We don't quit. There's too much at stake when we're praying and interceding for the souls of others. So, regardless of what we see with our eyes, we keep praying. We keep crying out to God. We keep pacing the floor at the midnight hour. We continue to wet the carpet with tears. We never, never give up. We keep bombarding heaven until that prayer is answered. We don't give up. There's too much at stake for me to get discouraged. I want to say too, be sensitive. God may whisper a name to you or give you a burden that you don't understand. There may be a time when you, you're just going through, you know, I mean, you just feel this name. You just feel this heaviness on your heart. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's something else. Maybe, maybe the Lord didn't even tell you what's going on. But there are times when you're a person of prayer that you'll feel that heaviness from the Lord and you need to stop, if at all possible, and begin to pray and intercede, especially when you know with some specificity who you are, who you're praying for. Can I just say, sometimes we're just too casual about this. We're just too casual. There's not a lot of, for some, there's not a lot of burden that's driving this kind of prayer. We get too distracted. We're, we're praying for all kinds of other things. And really, the most important thing we need to pray over is someone to come to Christ. There's, that, that, uh, there's other important things as well, but we get distracted. Too distracted on things. We get discouraged. We're too forgetful. We're too haphazard in our prayer time, much less our intercessory prayer time. Listen, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. The harvest is near. The fields are ripe. If there was ever a time for, for an for a army of intercessors praying for the lost, it would be right now. All kinds of craziness in the world today. If it's ever a reminder of the closeness of Jesus, if there's ever an inspiration and a motivation that we need to be praying for the lost and, and involved in the harvest, it is now. We need to pray for the lost and call in the harvest. In your, in your seats, 
There's a prayer card here. Online, they'll drop it, a link in the conversation. And this prayer card, I want you to grab it, and I want you to put some people's names on this. I want this to be a reminder to you. Put it in your purse, put it in your wallet, make it your screensaver, whatever. This is just a simple reminder of praying for people, praying, praying for the lost, prayer that their uh, receptive hearts would see, pray for their spiritual eyes to be open, praying for a transform, transforming life through the Holy Spirit. Man, use this thing. Let God put some people on your heart and you be faithful to, you be faithful to pray over this. Because in a few moments, we're going to turn this into a prayer meeting. We're not having a prayer pap rally this morning, okay? We're going to pray for people who are, we're going to pray for people who are away from God. So let me just say this to you. If you're being a friend to others and you're praying or will covenant to pray for the lost, then you're doing good. You're two for two here. I mean, you're living, you're living on mission. So these are things, if you go, I'm shy, I'm not sure what to do. These are some easy things that you can do to advance the gospel. Now, let me just, one of the reasons I, I put that we don't share was I simply, at this point in my life, I don't have a burden for it. And I added that the other day um, because very early after I got saved, that was me, okay? That was me. I loved worship services, okay? I loved to worship I loved Sunday services. I loved revival services. You know, they had revival on Friday night. Boy, you couldn't wait till Friday night revival, go to church. I loved the after church dinners. Oh, wow. What a great part of my spiritual development in, any way, in many ways, okay? But let me just say something. I, I didn't really have a heart for the lost. I didn't, and I felt really bad about that because I was a pastor, okay? I just, I just didn't. For whatever reason, I loved people, and I told you church and worship services and all of that, but I just really, I really, it just, for whatever reason, it was just never a passion, you know, with me. We had a Tuesday morning ladies' prayer meeting, I was on staff. I had no choice. I went to the ladies' prayer meeting. So, hey, but those ladies, when they prayed, and they prayed for people to come to the Lord, there was this brokenness and burden that I noticed as they were praying. And I was just like, wow, man, I don't, I don't, I don't have that. When we talked about missions, missionaries, it was just never anything that really kind of resonated passionately with me. I cared about the lost, but not a lot. It was good, but it wasn't anything that kind of drove me in my, you know, in my faith. So I, I got a call one day, and it was our state youth ministries director, and he said, hey, we're going on a missions trip, and I want you to go. And I had never, I'd been to the Holy Land, but I'd never really been on a missions trip. And I said, you know, I, I really don't have the money. He said, you know, don't, don't worry about that. Send me what you got. Pay it off when you can. I just, I need the leaders, and I want you to go. Okay. Well, 
I mean, interest-free loan that can go forever. I mean, you know, who, who turned that down? So I go, and we're, we go to Belgium. Probably got about 30, 35, 30, 35 students. And um, worship team, you can, you can come. And so we're just, over the course of the week, you know, I mean, I'm having, I'm having fun, but I, and, and we're doing great ministry, but I still, I cared, I just didn't care a lot. For whatever reason, it just didn't, just didn't pop to me. So it's Sunday morning, they divided the team up to go into different churches to preach. I took one team, and I was preaching in Waterloo, Belgium. It was my first time to kind of do something like, you know, like that, preaching through an interpreter and all of that. And I, I, Waterloo is like right outside of Brussels, which has this huge international, you know, um, influence. And so I'm on, the, I'm on the platform that morning, and I just remember because of the, the, the what, you know, Brussels and the EU, there were, there were multiple wives of African past, I mean, uh, uh, ambassadors that were there. They had the, the African headdress, you know, the, hat, the dress. I mean, it was several of them, you know, just that they were there, you know, all kinds of people from all over the world that were there. And I'm, I'm on the stage and I'm, I'm, I'm watching this just, it was the, the most ethnically diverse crowd that I had ever seen. And they started doing a worship song. And the song, I knew that I could sing it in English, but it was in French. So they were singing. They were singing this song in French. I was singing it in English. And I'm also looking, and I'm looking at this crowd. And I just want to tell you something someone that cared but he didn't care a lot for someone that was you know knew about the lost and salvation but it never really kind of kind of got down in my DNA like that moment changed me and I just began to weep I mean I was on the stage and I just lost it I lost it and I just want to say maybe for the first time in my young faith I really felt the heart of God for the lost I really felt the heart of God. And I couldn't help but to cry. Couldn't help. And that was a moment, I want to tell you, that changed me forever. Now, you know, it's, you don't always live on the mountaintop. And, you know, maybe, maybe I've done better, you know, or worse since then. But that initial kind of understanding of the lostness of mankind, kind of feeling, you know, like, like God feels sometimes about lostness, you know. That, that was my moment, and I've never been the same since. And maybe you're there, maybe you're kind of like me. You care, but you didn't care a lot. I just think sometimes we need just a fresh exposure to God's heart, you know, for the lost and how he loves mankind and really... See, I, I can give you some tools, but I can't give you the heart and the passion for that. That can only come from God. That can only come from God. If you'll let me pivot for just a moment, then we're going to close this service. If you're here today, maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe, you know, uh, doubter, skeptic, you're watching online, you're listening to a podcast, you know, and... I realize I've kind of been preaching to the church, but I 
said the ultimate human right is to know Jesus and make him known. And I've been talking to people about making him known. But I want to take a moment. I want to talk to you about, you know, about, about knowing Jesus. Can I just say, you know, we, we don't necessarily, you know, care about numbers. Our, our motivation is not about that. We are a group of people. We're a group of people that has found hope and forgiveness through the person of Jesus. And everything that we talk about, yeah, everything that we talked about this morning is that we simply want to be more effective in telling others this great story that has impacted, that has impacted our lives. And we're, we want to be serious about telling that story. Our church is not a group of perfect people. They're not. Our group, our church is not a group of generally moral people who just kind of hang out together. Because let me tell you, that's the opposite story. They're a bunch of immoral heathens. I know all of their stories. I know all their stories. But we want you to know this morning why we do everything that we do around this church so that others can know Jesus. We want you. And we want you to know this morning. We want you to know a few things today. That God loves you. That God loves you. You're not a random number. You're not just a random number this morning. He knows your name. He said, I even know the, the hairs that are on your head. He loves you this morning. He's got a plan for you. You're not just here as a participant of fate this morning. God has a design and a plan for your life. God can help you. Sometimes people are in different kind of things going on in their life. There's, there's issues, there's trouble. I'm just telling you, the Lord can help you where you're at right now. You don't need to kind of get yourself better, cleaned up, get it worked out, and then the Lord will pay attention to you. You come to him with all of your brokenness and he takes you and he'll do something powerful in your life. And God can save you, forgive you, and restore you. It's not about joining the church. You couldn't join the church today if you wanted to. We don't do it that way. This is about coming into relationship and coming into fellowship with Jesus and just knowing him as your Savior. Would everyone this morning, would you bow your heads with me for a moment? Would you bow your heads with me? If you're here today and you're unsure about your walk with God or maybe this is your moment that you want to take the next step in your faith in Christ. Just really quick, would you just raise your hand up and down really quick and just say, Pastor, pray for me this morning. I'm just not really where I should be today. That's all I'm going to ask you to do. Just raise your hand up and down. I promise we'll pray for you this morning. And I'm going to give you that open invitation to come to the Lord. If you're online, man, you can just send a message. Put, put a thumbs up. Send me a private message. The moderators, will, we, we will be in touch with you. They're going to put a prayer up on the screen. Everyone kind of look up, if you would. Hey, if that's you today, there's just a real simple prayer that kind of starts this journey 
to faith. Okay, how does it, how does it begin? And just kind of read that, pray that, mean that. Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. I need and want your forgiveness. I accept your death as the penalty for my sin. I recognize that your mercy and grace is a gift you offer me because of your great love, not based on anything that I've done. Cleanse me and make me your child. By faith, I receive you into my heart as the Son of God and the Savior and the Lord of my life. From now on, help me to live for you with you in control in your name. Amen. That's how simple it is. That's how simple it is. Hey, if that's you, if you prayed that, if you were here today, man, there's a connection card that you can fill out. We'd love to get in touch with you. Come see me after church. I'd love to, I'd love to get to pray with you and talk about this journey to the Lord. For the others this morning, I want to just take a moment. I want to do a couple of things as we close today. I want to pray for all a fresh burden for the lost, okay? Maybe you were like me. I care. I just don't care a lot. I, I think the Lord over a period of time maybe can help us to have that passion and that full kind of understanding of, of, of the lostness. We're going to pray that God would use us. I'm going to pray for connections and friendships and new friendships. And then we're just going to take a moment and we're going to pray for people who are lost. They're away from God in our life. Would you stand with me? Would you stand with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, we pray at the beginning of this series, Lord, or the beginning of this message to our church, Lord, about our role, the ultimate human right. Lord, I pray for our team, our staff, our leaders. I pray for our church, Lord, that we'll just have the burden for the lost. We'll have the burden for the lost. God, I pray maybe there are others that are like me where it was just kind of important. It wasn't very important. Lord, I pray that we'll feel your heart. Lord, that we'll be passionate about the harvest. Lord, I pray. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would in a moment do something in people's hearts that I, I, can't, I, I can't do with many words. I pray, God, that you would reveal your heart, Lord, your brokenness, Lord, that people would, would feel like how you feel about the lostness of mankind. Lord, I pray, I pray, God, let us feel your heart. Lord, let us, let us grieve over the lost. Lord, let us be motivated when it comes to sharing and, and giving. God, don't, don't let us be just churchgoers on Sunday. God, work deep in our heart this morning. God, I pray that you would use each and every one of us, Lord, as we're going to release, Lord, in a fresh way, God, people to tell the story. Lord, I pray, God, that you would speak to people. Lord, remind them of the role and the call that they have. It's not just a pulpit call. Lord, it is an individual call. Lord, I pray for that. Lord, I pray for connections and friendships. God, that was my challenge this morning. God, that you'll just use regular friendships. And Lord, down the road, you'll use them for your glory. Lord, I pray that you'll bring us in, in, in relationship and in contact with maybe others. They're going to seem to appear random on the horizon, but it's not. Lord, you're sending them. 
You're sending them for us to befriend them. God, I pray for our connections. I pray for our friendships, Lord. And let's take a moment and let's pray for the lost. Let's pray for the prodigal. Let's pray for those that we know that have never bowed their knee to Christ. Let's pray for those that are in addictions. They're away from you. We don't come with any judgment this morning. We come with love and we pray for the lost. Can we just make this a prayer meeting this morning? Can we do this? I want you to call names out to the Lord. So God, we come before you. And Lord, we take a few moments of intercessory prayer today that we're praying for the lost. We're calling names. I want you to do that. As many names as come on your heart, Lord, we pray. We pray for those that are lost. We pray for prodigals this morning. Lord, we call them home. Lord, we pray for those that have rejected. God, we pray over them today. Lord, we pray, God, and we call their name. We ask you, Lord, to move. We know that that's your heart as well. God, we do that today. We do that today. God, we pray for our husbands or wives. Some of them are away from you. God, we pray over them today. Holy Spirit, we pray that you'll shake their heart. I pray for husbands who are away from God. I pray for wives who are away from God. We pray over them today. Some of you, come on, pray with me this morning. This is your spouse. We pray over them today. God, save them. God, let their hearts be open. We don't want the gospel hidden. We, we tear off blinders this morning. We pray for adult children this morning that are away from God. We pray. We pray for them today. We pray for prodigals, kids raised in church, walked away. God, we pray over them this morning. We pray for our adult children. God, we pray, Lord, they'll surrender and bow their knee to Christ. We pray over them today. We pray over them today. God, we pray for all parts of our family, our extended family. We pray over them today, those that are away from God. God, we call them in. We pray over them this morning. We pray over them this morning. Oh, God. Oh, God, we pray over our coworkers, people that we work with. God, we pray over them today. God, we pray at our workplace. Lord, it can be a tabernacle. Lord, we pray the presence of God in that place. Come on, pray over your coworkers. Lord, people that we work with. God, we pray over them today. We pray over our neighbors, our geographical neighbors, our friends. We pray over them today. We pray over them today. God, we, we ask you to save them. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, move in their life. Move in their life. God, we pray for the harvest today. We pray over this church. Lord, we pray the ministries of this church. God, we pray. We call a harvest in this morning. We call a harvest in. Teenagers, God, let them be saved. College students, let them be saved. Lord, those that have addictions, let them be saved, Lord. Singles, Lord, those that marriages are breaking up, God, we pray that they'll be saved. Oh, God. Oh, God. Can we just take another moment? Just doing some intercessory prayer this morning. God, we pray for the lost today. We pray, God, God, raise up intercessors in this church. God, with a heart for the lost. Lord, won't be discouraged. Lord, we're going to pray until. Oh, God, we pray today. 
We pray this morning. We pray this morning, God, that you'll save them today. You'll save them today. You'll save them today. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.